Hi, welcome to Razor Branding Podcast. This is Jackie Russo, and I'm the host. If it's your first time listening, thanks so much for downloading. Hopefully, you'll learn something about branding and come back for more. Episodes are released every Monday, and you can find them on iTunes or razorbranding.org, where you can subscribe through an RSS feed. If you have questions for me, you can find me on Twitter at Jackie Russo. Thanks. If you don't like what is being said, change the conversation. Hi, this is Jackie Russo, and you're listening to the Razor Branding Podcast. Today's topic, expect a return on investment when you invest in your brand. I had the great pleasure of being in the Superdome for the Saints game against the San Francisco 49ers. Now, this was a battle for the top of the NFC. It was an awesome game, an unfortunate last-second finish, a walk-off field goal by the 49ers, but the game itself was fantastic. While I was sitting in the dome, listening to the noise meter uh, touch 130 at times, 130 decibels, I have to tell you, is sounds louder than a jet landing in the seat next to me. Every time that would happen, the big fan impact play graphic comes up on the screen and it's sponsored by Waiter. So if you're not aware of Waiter, they're a food delivery service that went public at the end of 2008. And now, less than a year later, is about to have its stock delisted for trading below a dollar per share. They've basically lost over $900 million in value. So for investors, football wasn't the only thing providing high blood pressure in the Superdome. I can't imagine how upset their shareholders must be to sit in that dome and watch that logo go up on the big screen as their stock goes down. Now, my assumption that there are a lot of shareholders in the dome is because Waiter was started in Louisiana. And so you've got a lot of people owning stock nearby and you've got a lot of people going to the games and being season ticket holders nearby. So my expectation is some of those people are the same people. Now, I'm all about big name sponsorships when you have a big enough budget to support the spend and you're sure that your target audience will see it. Contrast the waste of waiters' money with the way Rouse's Grocery uses their state sponsorship. On the way into the Dome, each of us was handed a stadium-approved clear bag with the Saints logo and the Rouse's logo on it. Smart marketing move. We have to use clear bags to get to the game, and they make great totes during a trip to the grocery store. So very on-brand and very um, smart to accomplish both things at the same time. Or... Consider the way Hancock Whitney, a local bank, uses their sponsorship as the official bank of the Saints. At one point during the game, fans, I think it's like late in the third quarter, fans are encouraged to hold up their Hancock Whitney debit card while the camera pans the arena, highlighting these fans and then choosing one to win a prize. Fans want to get an account at the bank so they can have the only card with the Saints logo, the opportunity to be on camera, and the chance to win prizes. Definitely a win-win. Rouse's can determine their results by the number of bags issued, bags used in their store, see the bags out in the community. Hancock Whitney can measure the return on their investment, their ROI, by accounts opened and cards used. Since the bank makes money every time the card is used, there's a true equation of the number of dollars spent on the sponsorship and the number of dollars earned by the cards. When you're considering a sponsorship, there are a few options you should really evaluate. One, If you're donating to a worthwhile cause because you support and believe in the work they do to improve the world, this option is charity, and it doesn't matter about return on investment. I mean, sure, it'd be great for you to have an ROI. It's going to make your board happy, but that's just icing on the cake. At the end of the day, your money is going to do good work, and so that's what matters. 
Number two, you're providing funds because of what you get in exchange. Tickets to an event, suite, merchandise, etc. This option's more about ego and quid pro quo, since there's probably not the same kind of ROI that you would receive for a straight up investment in marketing. Or number three, you're truly investing in marketing and you're looking for a return on that investment. So every time you're offered a sponsorship opportunity, you wanna ask yourself and your shareholders will get for this investment. If there's a true return on investment, then you know the answer of whether or not this is a donation or an investment. You wanna be investing your money. I mean, that's the goal, right? But if you look at your financial statements, there's probably two different lines on there. One for marketing and advertising, one for marketing and advertising, and a whole different line for sponsorships or donations. And so they don't have to be the same thing, but it's even better when the sponsorship donation line also provides solid marketing and advertising. And look, I appreciate, because a number of people commented um, after the radio show that they could have made this deal years ago. Sure, that's an option, but not likely because they received this huge cash infusion during last season. And so at that point, the sponsorships would have been locked down. So this sponsorship was most definitely made in 2019 and at a time when I'm sure they were riding high. But when you're in 22 different states, does it make sense to spend this kind of money in just one market in one arena where only 65,000 people are sitting? Probably not when you look at all the places where you need to be investing and connecting. So again, make sure your sponsorship dollars are working for you, not just for the person who's getting the tickets. Tune in next week for another episode of Razor Branding Podcast.